The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week on the podcast, we visit a different foodie city and explore the cuisine that makes that place special, whether it be custard tarts in Lisbon, mango beer in Mumbai, or lizard curry in Guatemala. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Nice tone today. In a perfect form. It's uh, rosé sounds better when it's rosé weather like this, right? It is. And yeah, here, here we are, midsummer. Mid midsummer. Uh, Mid February <laughs> summer. And I'm John Myers with Bart Hansen and Sam Katuri today with Kimberly Johnson from Philosophy Wines. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for gracing us. Of course. You, you've been up in the in Monte Rosa and all over. Right today? I have. Tours? I actually came in um, yesterday, but today we did a lot of wine stuff. Visited. Yesterday she yesterday she got into town after we should have talked before she came into town because she got the tour the tour from the airport, you know, up one oh one to Santa Rosa and then a taxi oh, no. uh, down to Sonoma. Uh, and we were talking about trip, yeah, we could have got her yeah. just to Petaluma and then crossed over, but uh, but we're learning. We're learning. We are learning. Um, yes, we are. <laughs> we, we're going to work on our communications. Oh, we communicate um, well. But but <laughs> but yesterday, John, she came, got into town, um, went to Cy, mm-hmm. um, nice. friend of the pod. Like we had we had um, we had her on the show early on. Really. Um, and then we went to, or she went to the El Dorado Kitchen last night for dinner. So, um, uh, so far, you know, her stay in Sonoma has been 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 good. EDK and Psy, two of the best in town. You just walked around town and had a good time. Yeah. And that's what it's like. I mean, it's this little tiny square. Uh, it is the second. No, it's the largest, largest, largest plaza in the state of California. Wow. And everything around the plaza, of course, the city freaks out about. <laughs> you have to do things exactly this way. And you, I mean, you really do. Right down to how you, color you paint your door. And, uh, however, there's so many cool little things there from, you know, one of the old, coolest, oldest leather shops that I've known from, you know, large leather. L- large leather. Yeah. It's the size of this table and the person who runs it, it's, bless her heart, Jessica, is she's so sweet. Un- it's like five feet tall. She's like the tiniest person in the tiniest store. Large leather. I love it. <laughs> and all these great restaurants and it's just, it's a wonderful spot. And you, it sounds like you've had a good time. Yeah. Enjoy myself. So, um, so Kimberly is visiting us from, from Maryland, just outside Baltimore. And so when we think about wineries um, outside of California, Oregon, Washington, Texas, um, you know, you might go Virginia, you know, you might go New York, New York, of course, but you don't go Maryland. Hey. I mean, I don't know <laughs> anything about Maryland, to, to be honest. Um, so I'd like you to tell us a little bit about what is Maryland about besides Baltimore and 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 how how is it that there's wineries back there? 
Yeah. So Maryland right now is not on the wine map. And that's one of our goals to put Maryland on the wine map. So it goes from Virginia, hops over Maryland. Yeah. Virginia is really big. Um, It hops over Maryland. And then we go straight to either Pennsylvania because they have. uh, Yeah. Or then we have Pennsylvania and New York. But Maryland's not mentioned at all. So we did have about 40 to 60 wineries. And now we're growing. It's over 100. Uh, and I'm one of them. So Philosophy Winery, uh, so the whole name is Philosophy Winery and Vineyard. We don't talk about the vineyard yet because I'm so small, I just have the winery. <laughs> but um, but yeah. you're looking for property. So. We're actually, yeah, so we, we, we talked about property today. So I'm actually looking for property in Maryland. So we're gonna have at least a 10 acre vineyard um, sitting with a tasting room as well. Yeah, so the growth of Maryland wine is growing. We used to be known, and I'm so ashamed to talk about this, but we used to be known as a sweet fruit wine uh, state. Sure, but no a, more. A lot of them are. What were the What were the fruits that they were? Apple, apple, apple. Yeah. Lots of apples. And 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 while you're doing this, like, what is the agricultural makeup of of Maryland? Wow, the agricultural makeup it's it's phenomenal because we we have a lot of apples, peaches. Um, banana, banana wine. Let me tell you. Yeah, I'm but, sorry, <laughs> right. Sam, <laughs> but, look, you're you're interested, Sam. <laughs> well, um, you know, I I <laughs> I know how to make wine with the juice of things. So you know, uh, yeah. uh, plums make sense. Apple cider wine, right? Uh, you know, Cherry. cherries, yeah, okay. strawberries, mm-hmm. maybe. Strawberry, Where's yeah. the juice in a banana? There's juice in a banana. That's mm-hmm. juice Never thought of a banana as like. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's about the water you have, must have to add to. <laughs> Your it. Your face yeah. was classic. I know man. it was. It, it really was. But yeah. So uh, also the agriculture there. We we do a lot of growing. Um, well, the cows, and we make a lot of really good cheeses. There's okay. some really good cheeses that are made from goats, sheep's milk. Okay. Um. The, so the agriculture is growing really well. Is there a big organic movement there in, um, in that cheese area? I mean, just 20 miles west of here is a huge uh, organic dairy area. Right. Yeah. Exists. Dairy area. Organic. I mean, right. I mean, staved off from extinction. Yeah. extinction because I mean, my, my uncle, um, my uncle Rocky and my cousins run a dairy. They milk about 500 cows. And they and he was the type of person that if I would have said you should go organic, he would have looked at me sideways and just shook his head at me. They're organic because the creamery that they sell their milk to asked them to do it and worked with them to do it, you know, and and they sell to Strauss or no, they sell to Clover. But but, you know, they were always Safeway. But they couldn't make any money selling to Safeway. I think Safeway is organic now, too. But now they're all Clover and and they're, you know, I mean. That's my brand. Yeah. They're they're still in business, as Sam wow. said. So, you know. You know, so when I think about that question, I do believe they're trying to do organic. Like the sheeps will only eat certain things. And then the cows will only eat certain things. So it's the way that the pigs are fed. And this is a a pig that only eats grass and it doesn't eat, you know, byproducts and things like that. So I think they're trying to get that way, but it's not a big stand well, at when all. you get your vineyard you can get those sheep to mow the grass in the vineyard they do yeah care. i've seen so we we do have that they they do that a lot um the sheep and i thought i've seen goat yeah. do that as yeah, well yeah, yeah. they they're really good grazers Woolly yeah. weeders <laughs> yeah really good grazers. sheep are a little better sheep 
<laughs> go to like other parts of the you know the irrigation hoses and go uh, go to lead anything yeah but sheep sheep work pretty well speaking of something that eats anything the crab have you guys had maryland crabs before I, well I've... that's i mean you know i'm thinking like you have maryland crab you got this we got this cheese scene mm-hmm. popping um it sounds like you know it needs some some really good wine yeah to, to sort of round it out right yeah it does uh, so stopping at sweet wine, we, we kind of stopped that maybe oh, 10 years ago. Now everyone, not everyone, but most people are making Cabernet Sauvignons, um, Merlots, um, Malbacs, things like that. They're starting to grow more classic grapes. Right. We do have sections that make um, pet nuts and like natty wines, um, piquettes and things like that cider based wines and things yeah. she asked me what the the natural wine scene was like out here yeah. and i, I i'm kind of like i'm going to be right now you know yeah it's here it's yeah. here <laughs> but we talked it, about it's a brand we talked about the fact that for for most of us out here or at least i'll speak for myself if it doesn't start with organic grapes you can't call yourself an uh yeah. a natural winemaker right. right and that's what you and i were talking yep. about exactly yeah. exactly so um, I guess, I, can I go to how Bart and I met? Absolutely. Okay, so the Roots Fund is a organization that helps minorities. And it doesn't matter what minority you are, just it helps minorities um, to get more influence in the wine industry. So for me, I actually take classes at UC Davis online, and those classes are funded by a scholarship from the Roots Fund. In order to cool. be a member of the Roots Fund, you have to have a mentor, and that's where Bart comes in. So he is my mentor, and a great mentor, I have to say. Oh, um, yes, uh, a part of the Roots Fund. So when you get a chance, and if you want to give, go to therootsfund.com, go to their Instagram, Facebook, support. Um, they're doing great things. Yeah, it's um, Carlton McCoy is on the board there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Diane um, Snowden say yes mm-hmm. from you know of course Domaine Dujac and right. and Snowden Winery in Napa. Um, I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the rest of them. I guess we'll 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 put it in the socials. But right. yeah. um, it's a pretty interesting board of directors, and um, the work they're doing is is pretty amazing. You know, I mean, um, they had made a you know uh, a, a plea to say you know if you want to be a mentor. Um, just send them your information. And I wrote them, I mean, Sam stuck talking about being on brand. I wrote an email and just saying, this is what I have to offer. Like, you know, if, if you have someone looking for business, like knowledge and inspiration, probably not, but if it's <laughs> practical winemaking and, you know, um, uh, logistics of getting wines in bottles and, um, and stuff like that, that I could, that I could help. And I wasn't really sure how it'd be accepted. Quite frankly, I figured maybe they had plenty of people. Um, but uh, it was very quick that they got back to us and put us into uh, connection. And, um, we've talked on the phone a number of times and it just so happened. Kimberly was coming out for a visit for her birthday. Happy birthday. Thank oh, yeah, you. Birthday. Um, it was yesterday, actually, yeah, the yes. 16th of February. Excellent. Yeah. And, and the, and the roots fund, um, um, helped her book her flight, helped you with your flight out here yes. and got her out here. Mm-hmm. So I figured if we're going to do it, we're going to put her to work because she's here to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she met with Brene this morning up at Monterosa and got a tour of that. That's not, I mean, oh, I you're starting like, at the top, you know, 
No, we're not going to rack any Send her on the bottling line or something. You're like, <laughs> put her to work. No. I mean, you know, put her to work and, and, and help get yeah. her some experiences no, and totally. stuff and, and with some people, other people that know more than I do. Um, you know, I didn't want to have to mentor. talk about vineyards. Here, let me go find somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, Kimberly. Right. Let me find somebody smarter to answer. Oh, my gosh. You. <laughs> you so underestimate yourself. You're a great mentor. Most of my background in wine is practical. So UC Davis is basically where I've started the educational portion of it. But I've been in the vineyards. I've been in the winery. That's where I actually find my love. Um, unfortunately, it's not a full-time job yet. So I still work full-time in finance. Okay, but we got to go back yeah, so, yeah, a little how did bit. You, Sorry. Like where, where, you know, you're a little bit about your background and how, why you decided, or like how wine got you and, and how it got you. Why did you want to start your own winery? So I got into wine. I was volunteering at a bunch of different places. And in Maryland, it's like, okay, all hands on deck. If you want to help out, just volunteer. So I started doing that with the Maryland Wine Association and just other different wineries around Maryland. So the more and more I was working, the more and more I started to speak with other people who needed help. So I would do wine tastings. I'm in the tasting room, um, things like that. But there ultimately was a time where Old Westminster Winery, complete shout out to them. They are phenomenal. Um, they're that's, in, in, that's in Maryland. That's in Maryland as well. So Old Westminster Winery is in Maryland and it's a family owned winery. Um, starting off, they needed help with just in the in the vineyards and in the winery uh, with the punch downs and the tanks and the things like that. So when I say all hands on deck, it was whatever you wanted to do, you did. And that's where I found my passion. The passion was I love being with the grapes. I love the process of making wine. It reminds me of cooking, to be honest. Right. And, um, and then the tasting room, which is being with the people. So with that full circle is how I started the thought process of philosophy winery. And uh, with myself and Denise Matthews, who's my business partner, we started that in 2018. So, but, but why wine of all, like, how did you, like, what was, what was your wine aha moment that made you want to go like volunteer with these organizations and start trying to like work your way into it? How did you discover, did you grow up in a house that had, you know, wine on the table? Was it, you know, what, what's your, you know, was there like a bottle that tumbled down your way in college or something like what? How did you how did you become yeah. a, a wine person? I think it was just the experiences that I uh, became a wine person. I did not have wine growing up. I mean, we had Boone's Farms, right. but that really that's pretty not... much all we had <laughs> right? at, at that time. And I'm the old one in the group. Right. Here so my mom and dad drank booze. That was it. But it was it was more or less just, you know having those experiences is when I found out this is something I really want to do. But it wasn't until like actually experiencing hands on <laughs> at the old Westminster winery. It's where I said, this is absolutely something I want to do. It's interesting that they're growing these traditional uh, varietals and making traditional wines. What's the growing season like in Maryland? Oh, it's horrible. It's, I was going to say. Yeah, sometimes. So I listen to you guys. It's a, I was listening. Of course, I was just that. Um... Wait a minute. Now I, <laughs> I feel really bad. Like... Where's, her, where's, her, where's her mentor to say, don't listen to those Wait, guys? I, <laughs> I mean, here we are. All We complain. Oh, it's so hot here. Oh, the sun. Oh, <laughs> the <yeah>. wind. <laughs> Not enough fog. Right. Go ahead. Tell your story about <laughs> growing grapes in Maryland. So Maryland has the four seasons. I don't think. 
right now Maryland knows when the seasons are because it will be in February. It's a little warmer in February than it's normally warm. It's it's normally really cold, supposed to be right. cold in February, right. and vice versa. In the summer months, it's a little colder. So it's kind of weird now. But ideally, the four seasons happen with you know spring and then summer and fall and winter. So. Spring is when we start pruning and things like that. As it gets to more to harvest, I would say September, October, November, almost November, we're, we're done um, with harvest. And then the vines become dormant for the winter. Um, the most important time, I would say, is around May. Mother's Day is kind of sort of measured by most of the growers. And if it's a late frost, we're in trouble. Yeah. It, if it's a real late frost the, frost, the vines are like, what's going on? It's May. It should be warm. We should be starting to do this. But they, they don't. And um, it's, it's difficult. I have had... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just saying, so is there snow on the ground during the winter? Yes. Yeah. There are feet of, feet of snow, like snow. And lots, do they have a problem? We had uh, a guest on recently talking about um, up in eastern Oregon, not eastern Washington, about, you know snow on the ground and getting so cold and vine die off yeah you guys have that same we have problem. that we have sure. that as well yeah. yeah and just going back to when it's supposed to get warm around may um like i said the late frost or we'll have let's just say late bud break um and we're all trying to figure out what to do and wh why things aren't happening in the vines um i've actually been doing this since 2018 but 2019 was our first vintage and i went to to get I contracted out a certain amount of grapes and a certain amount of tonnage <laughs> then we had an issue with the weather and frost and rain and the picking it, it, it was just it was horrible so I ended up with one ton which is the really good um, thought process with our Cabernet 2019 Cabernet Franc um, it was only 45 45 cases one ton right. that had to be fermented in a tea bin and I watched that baby ferment in the tea bin which I, I saw at your place um it, it was really emotional because we started off with a love of wanting to do this and had to pivot completely because of the weather and welcome to farming yeah, <laughs> right what did you see today up on uh, monterosa in terms of bud break can i see I mean, yeah. Of course, yeah. It was, yeah, it was blood break. Yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, I mean, I mean Brene's Brene has definitely been posting some pictures and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've got some bud break going on up there, and it's it's ahead. And you know, she as she told us at the end there, mm -hmm. she was saying, "I'm having to pivot herself." I mean, yep. she's trying to figure out when to start spraying, and she wants to hold off as far as possible because once she starts, she has to you keep on it. Um, you know, she's um, she's talking about irrigations, like yeah. when she's going to start irrigating. And then she she's she said she's, you know, flipping to organic. And that adds a whole nother layer of, of um, thought process for her. So everything um, in Monterosso will be it. organic or that's that's planned. the, that's the stated goal. Yeah. Uh, and it's a I mean, and this is led by Gallup. This correct? is this is comes from the coming from the top i, I don't know That's you cool. know if, if it seems like brene pushed for it so i don't know if, you know it's not make sure she gets her credit on it too but um uh, doesn't really matter who said that it, to do it it's uh it's a 
A, it's a three-year process no matter what. Yeah, that's what she uh, said. But it's a huge undertaking. You're shifting so many of your systems and your plans from what, you, you know, she's been up there for going, it's going on 10, eight years now. 2014 was her first vintage up there, I think. Her first heart, her first season up there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of muscle memory there, uh, you know, on the timings of things and, and how stuff is done. Um, and it's, it's, a it's ambitious. It's ambitious to oh, get it done great. in three years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then you add, then you add early February bud break <laughs> on top yeah. of all of it. Um, and, you know, how nice. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. she'd be the first, she'd be the first to, to say her hands are full right now, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's 300 acres. Her hands are full yeah. any, on a perfect year, yeah. you know? It was really awesome to see her area and just see how the vines, especially, oh my gosh, um, hundred old year old vines. I'd never seen them untrellised. Mm. They were just doing their own thing. So that I've seen it in picture, but never in person. Right. So that was amazing to see. Oh, we it's, took a lot of photos. I did. Good. They're all it's, for me. You know, it's stunning to think about all the, you know, the history that those vines right. have lived through and the changes in the world, and mm -hmm. they're just sitting there. Growing right. semi-hun bunches the size of your head, you know? It's like, it's pretty wild. Uh, we pretty talked wild. about Prohibition, and I said, so you're telling me they were still here during Prohibition? And they were. Right. So that's it's amazing. It's church wine. Church wine. You know, you right. gotta, everybody's got to have that wine in church. Church wine. Man. Medical. You could get a, you, you could get a, a doctor's note to get your, to have wine and alcohol. Uh, and... And I think I need one of those. Uh, well, <laughs> and bootlegging. And, and yeah. bootlegging, bootlegging right? sure. Because, right. because it's the easiest, highest sugar you're going to get. And, and I don't know if necessarily these came from Monterosa, but you know, during Prohibition, you could get these bricks of freeze-dried grapes. And you know, on the box, it said, do not add water. Right? Like it was, it was you could rehydrate it for, no, do not add yeast. Mm. You could rehydrate it for juice. But you were, you know, specifically not. Do not add. add exactly fourteen parts <laughs> Rams per million. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, do right, not right. add this much yeast and and warm to sixty eight degrees right. and watch. Right. <laughs> and wait and taste. That was for home uh, home wine making, right? Right. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, About all there was back then. Right. Honestly, mm -hmm. we have some friends over in Napa, Bialy. Um, their whole thing started during this bootlegging um you would call and order food and you know, produce and eggs and if you wanted you would order a black chicken and right. that was a bottle of zinfandel right. and you know they still have that black chickens in right. so, but that's how they got started and uh -huh. they continue today yeah. <laughs> so um let's talk about this first wine I, I went ahead and poured it for myself whenever you guys are ready uh 2020 um viennier Mm. Yes. So Viognier, uh, grapes, Maryland, all Maryland grapes. And actually, that's one thing that I really wanted to focus on is Maryland agriculture and making Maryland wine. So I was telling Bart that, you know, sometimes people come and they say, I want a California Chardonnay. And I'm just like, what's that? It's from California. We're in Maryland. So um, you're going to get a Maryland wine. Um, this is Viognier, 2020, fermented in stainless steel tanks. Um, we bottled and released. It is, I think it's the very simple Viognier grape, you know, like the, the notes of mm. apricot. 
I also get floral notes from it as well. It's not high in acidity. Um, just pretty simple. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's very pretty wine um, and perfect temperature. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, clean and really well made. You should be very proud of this. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that, guys. Well, you know, I mean, we you... taste some of the very best. It's <laughs> delish. It really is. And the temperature is so right on because wow. it's not right out of the icebox. It's how Sam, what what do you like in terms of temp for serving? What's your favorite? I mean, you know, it could be that I spent all morning outside in the sun. Um I'm digging the things a little colder at the moment, uh, <laughs> but it is, you know, it's at a temperature where you get the viscosity and that richness that you want from Viognier, um, that mid palate, um, you know, sort of, uh, presence. It's, you know, not high in acid, but it has enough acidity to kind of keep it, keep it fresh at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, make it, it you know, yeah. a little mouthwatering, a little quenching. Yeah. Uh, it would be, it would probably be delicious cold on the, on a back porch, you know, maybe a big, Pile of crab, yeah. <laughs> big pile of crab, yeah. crab. Um, a bunch of humidity, a bunch of humidity, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some old bay spice, and oh, right, right. I was gonna bring you old bay spice. <laughs> I did. They don't have it out here, right? It's you know more mythological than, than right. real. I think. You know, oh, you I don't it, think I actually want to try you know, it. <laughs> Netflix food shows and stuff like that. I'm I never see it in real life. Side note, I love my Obey with Obey, okay? I love Obey. Obey ice cream. Yes, it's Obey balanced with caramel. It is delicious in Baltimore City. Um, Obey mayo, Obey anything. It's everything. It's a staple in Maryland. This would be a a wine for it. Yeah, for sure. I've only used their shrimp boil stuff, Uh, crab boil. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful wine. You should be very proud of this. Awesome. You know, I mean, again, I, when I think Maryland wine, you know, I could have this and I wouldn't go, well, this obviously is from some somewhere else. I wouldn't think of this as being what I, in my mind is an East Coast wine. Right. Right. I mean, it's fresh and um, really bright fruit. And, I wonder yeah, what, really nice. what you would taste East to West. Take your Viognier. Take any's. Viognier and put them next to each other in a B test. How would it be different? I mean, I think, and you know, maybe you can answer this better, Kimberly, but I, I think, um, you know, what you get with Viognier on the East Coast, yeah. at least from this, you know, one example that I have is, is, um, you know, probably ripens really slowly, and right. and Viognier, um, can handle being ripe. So, you know, I think, I think patience is. Probably, you know, a big, the bit, your biggest mm-hmm. challenge is, yeah. you know, the winemaker when to pick something like this. Yeah. Because it probably, you know, mm-hmm. you know, probably gets into September and, and later into the, you know, late September and you're like, I should probably. You're right. Um, whereas, you know, for us, it's about like, do you pick before Labor Day or after Labor Day? Wow. And, um, you know, we usually wait till after because we're crazy, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you have to have that patience to get. That again, that mid palate richness, mm-hmm. um, which helps with you know these sort of high acidity or you know high pH, low acid white wines. Um, You're absolutely right. Yeah. That's what happens. So I work with the farmers in Maryland, and I'll get my grapes from what which farms that I, I 
I feel like the farmer knows what they're doing with grapes. There are people who, you know, farm all types of things, but it takes a particular person to know about grapes. And as I saw today, <laughs> well, you said one of the one of the vineyard managers you work for is South African. Oh yes, one of those is he is South African, and but his uh, vineyard I believe is in the Eastern Shore, which is they have diff- totally different soils. It's it's pretty interesting. You can get a wine in Maryland from one area that's less. Uh, it, okay, let's say more sandy soils right. because it's right at the eastern shore near the beach. And then right on the other side, you can get something that's more of a channery loom or something that's, um, I don't want to say crunchy. That's not what I'm thinking. That's not what I'm looking for. Not clay like like I just saw today. Uh, but the, the soil types are completely different in different areas. So will you break that down a little bit? Because Maryland basically surrounds the Chesapeake Bay, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about a vineyard on the east East shore shore, Uh east shore of the bay right but sort of like facing towards the west exactly yes right and that's where the sandier soil sandier soil very bordeaux like in that respect right when you think about river proximity to the ocean ocean, yeah yeah. the sandier soils the wine tastes so different when it's um in those soils versus where i live in carroll county where this there's no no sand so that's the western side of the bay Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. And then it's also more north. So if you do have a vineyard out in Carroll County, where I'm at, it's going to be colder. So we're, we're so close mm. to Pennsylvania that we're going to get all that from Pennsylvania. Rather, right. if you're, sort of you Great know, Lake yes, right. And... Yeah. So it's, it's pretty interesting, the, the landscape there. And that's where the sort of loamier, right. richer soils, mm-hmm. cold, you know, heavier, heavier soils. Exactly. Huh. And yeah, so, so the Viognier is coming from uh, more. So the, the east side, is, the east shore. No, okay. the okay. Viognier is actually coming from a farm that is out. I would say closer to DC. Okay. Yeah. So that's like more of the clay-like uh, soil. Then the Cabernet Franc is from a vineyard which is closer to the the shore. The east shore. Yeah, the shore. Yeah. And that, and that, to your point, John, that's exactly you know, would it would without knowing a lot about it. Mm-hmm. It seemed like that East Shore, yeah. sandy soil, yeah. the bay yeah, pretty influence, the ocean yeah. influence would be a fantastic place for, yeah. for Cabernet. Also, because, you know, for those Bordeaux varietals, um, it's probably a little bit more temperate, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get a little mm-hmm. less cold and a little less right. humidity. Exactly. Right. What uh, mm-hmm. What's the latitude of, of Maryland? Where, I don't have to Google that. I, don't know, I, I, I had that same thought, though, because I, I got to imagine it's latitude wise probably pretty close to what we're at right i mean if you look at the if you look at the map it almost looks like you would just fly straight across the country um, oh yeah and, and, actually and to here yeah right. from here to there yeah yeah 32 uh, north or whatever we are isn't that the isn't that the bar at the fairmont is it 36 34 brian 32 brian where brian. you at brian <laughs> oh yeah brian's on secret uh Secret double secret, secret assignment. Yeah, double secret assignment. <laughs> okay. I think Brian's in double body shock from summer. Uh, summer starting early at the you know the Fairmont. The pool's open, and I tried to get a I tried to get a room for a friend of my dad's for this weekend. You know, a week ago, sold out. Sold out. Um, so Maryland think... is thirty nine north, seventy six west. Yep. That's what it says. So. so what are we? Um, Let's put in California. 
because even though I live here, I have no idea. Right. Well, we talk about the latitude that we're at all the time. Uh, thirty-six one nineteen. So it's thirty-six north there at uh, the bar. Yeah. So the, so it's a little further north. A little further north. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. But exactly. that makes a big difference. It really does. Look at that. You know what she's talking about in terms of growing season. Right. You know that does make an impact. Well, and then I, as I always think, you know, we always think about the weather that we get comes, of course, you know, from from the ocean, right? I mean, it comes from the from farther west and and then it the weather patterns roll across the country and then hit you guys but you have you have the Atlantic Ocean out there right you get which weather pushes off back right and you get weather that comes down like you said you know yeah. from the great lakes right. and across, yeah. you know right. from eastern canada right, right. the north right dynamic you know nor'easters and right. so it's like thing. impossible to compare them it's right. just it's just two different places. So and, and I'm it, like other East Coast grape growing regions, the same kind of problems with downy mildew yep. and stuff yes. that we don't have to do. Yes, with. exactly. Oh my gosh, yes, uh, it, it's it's crazy. Um, so the the farmers there in the vin in the, the vineyards consistently looking at what's going on throughout the year. Right. Um, I, I did mention the frostbite. I think I keep thinking frost, frost, early frost is because it happened recently and it was horrible for all of us. And to be honest, what happened last year was a wet picking season. Mm. And it, a lot of the stuff, the reds, my reds were watery. And I say watery very loosely, but it just didn't have the concentration excuse me, concentration I was looking for. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is. Wine is farming, it's agriculture, and you're going to get what you're going to get each year. Yeah. So that that's actually a really good part about why I like wine and um, and the viticulture portion of it is it's, it's agriculture. You get whatever happens that year. Yeah, every year tells a different story. Right. Yeah. See, that's what I like about it. But sometimes you do, I do get why does this wine taste different year to year right. and people are looking for consistency. But that's more. That's not for someone like a small boutique winery like me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we talk about, you just have to own own what you have, right? And be confident in telling your story, because um, people are more interested in that than anything else. See, good mentor, right? I, I mean, good mentor, I, great mentor, great mentor. Got it. To me, people come in and say, you know, I want a California Chardonnay. I would be telling them, well, this is not a California Chardonnay. This is a, a Maryland Viognier. And it has a lot of the things that you're looking for, but these are the reasons why it's better. Right. Why you should try this. Taste this. Try that. And again, really, like I said, with, you know, a a classic crab boil with with some Old Bay, maybe not quite as much as (laughs) (laughs) my Old Bay or my Old Bay. Telling you. uh, um, This would do better than a Chardonnay. Yeah. So I eat oysters. Oh, oh yeah, oysters. Yeah, oysters in this. Totally. Really nice. So can you talk a little about the process of getting the name philosophy? Yeah. Like like the fact we've joked about this before on the show. Like when you go looking for a name, you know, what's a, available. What's he exactly? Right. Yeah. So my business partner, Denise and I have been friends for years. And we ideally have the same philosophy. We live the same particular life. We love, we care, we give back. We, it, it, the name philosophy embodies us and who we are in our friendship. So when we started the winery, we, we had so many names, um, crazy names. A lot of them were taken. So 
Thank God, um, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So a lot of them were taken, but you know, philosophy stuck with us a couple of weeks. And then we started thinking about, okay, so on the back of each of the bottles, it says an expression of two purpose-driven women's love of wisdom, passion of wine and spirit of service that embodies Denise Matthews and I completely, it co completely embodies us. So that that's where philosophy came from. That's awesome. That's good. That's good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And you Googled it. <laughs> and nothing came up. Right. Came up. Yes. Well, it's not taken. And and as I said, and someday someone might come looking for that name. Right. And right. you just yeah. remember mm -hmm. to say, nah, not yet. Oh. Or, I don't know. It depends. Or what's it worth? Right. <laughs> right. right. It depends. It depends. Right. It depends. Like, how bad do you want that name? Right. Because yeah. it's an awesome name. Awesome. Great. Um, you know, Facebook had it available. Instagram had it available. Right. So, yeah. So we don't have like the in front of anything. It's just basically philosophy winery for all of our stuff, like the website, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter. It's all just philosophy winery. So um, there you go. So for all of you listening at home, waiting for us to tell you um, how to look them up. She just took care of it. No, you're on your own if you can't spell philosophy. <laughs> but I will say that autocorrect works. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. For those, for those Petaluma High School students out there. <laughs> At least you didn't have to go through a focus group to come up with a name. No. Come up with a name mm -hmm. and a brand and an ID. Mm -hmm. oh, it always works so well, John. It does, absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's try this Cabernet Franc. Mm -hmm. That's where I want to go. One of my favorites. Mm. Sabinia keeps opening up, though. And, it does. Um, the more it, it's in your glass, the more like, it's... Mm -hmm. There's some great like minerality. Yeah. You know, you think about like the the granite of the East Coast, right? In a way that you know you don't we don't really get that soil here. Even in like the foothills, you don't really get the soil in the grape growing That's regions. That's a good point. Of, I didn't think about of, that of California, but you get that. That's I I taste that sort of East Coast you yeah. know granite granitic kind of uplift. Really interesting. That kind of like silica and yeah. Awesome. All right, this is 2019 Cabernet Franc. 45 cases, huh? Only 45 <laughs> cases. Uh, um, yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, I, I love this wine. I'm sad to see it go. It was bottled and, well, it, okay, so it stayed in French oak barrels. By the way, I saw, was it TN Coopers? <laughs> yeah. I visited TN Coopers today, and I was able to see the person that actually makes the barrel made out barrels excellent so, and so on the the, tour, the 8th street east tour <laughs> right we're cruising the, by the heart of sonoma heart of sonoma wine country right 8th street east right driving by and i said and this place here is a cooperage and she's like those are my barrels right i said well then we have to go take a picture absolutely knock on the door yeah the guy who built her barrels is there yeah, right. alex runs I don't know What's if it was Alex, yeah. but the this guy. Oh, so uh, we met a salesperson who knows people in Maryland, and so he was familiar with the name Philosophy Winery. He also um, introduced me to the guy who made the engraved um, face on the barrels, and he remembered um, the the name as well. So it, we actually just purchased new barrels this December, not December, last year, right. for this year. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool to to see that. So 16 months in French oak barrels. Um, 
and then bottled for me i did not want to release this wine i wanted it to stay in bottle for another year or two but due to you know uh there we go that's a good word <laughs> it had to be released so i um I'm, I'm sad to see it go um it is not a hearty concentrated red but it's it's a maryland cabernet franc yeah and i think in general cabernet franc is when when you look at bordeaux blends you're not looking for cabernet franc to add the hardiness right right you're looking for it for the aromatics and mm -hmm. for the um for for the the lighter rounder or flavors right, right? yeah and, and i would say some I mean, floral, again, some um you know the the good kind of like red bell pepper not green bell pepper right yeah. mm -hmm. you know what i mean thank you yeah. um because it's not it's not pierzini no it's no. it's um and this is something that i've i've felt in most of my tasting of of East Coast wine, uh, which mostly is, is New York, a little Virginia, mm. that Cab Franc seems to be kind of the place to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, with the growing season and the just sort of challenges of mm -hmm. growing grapes there and, and the soil and the weather um, makes really beautiful Cab Franc. This is, you know, in, in the same way that, you know, Bart, you said the, the Viognier would replace a, a California Chardonnay on a lot of tables. Um, this has got... So you know, if you want something that's bright and light, it's it's almost got some some gamay kind of qualities mm -hmm. to I it. I agree with that. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, but you know, nice structure. I mean, juicy. If you, to go back to your thing, if someone said, "I only drink Pinot Noir," well, guess what? Give you know, a, give me a Maryland Cab Franc. Mm -hmm. Right? How about trying a Maryland Cab Franc? Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Because this has got that nice same kind of weight and and mouthfeel to it. It's got good, beautiful, fresh fruit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and the tannins are like. I was just going to say tannins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that like, yeah, it gets, it's getting kind of the, the back of my palate, but um, they're, they're round. It's ripe tannins for, mm -hmm. as, for as light bodied and fresh mm -hmm. as the wine is. Yeah. And it just goes to show that you, you could never pick Cab Franc that tasted like this that had tannins that resolved hmm. in california right it would just the tannins would be these giant like grating gripping oh, okay. peeling the you know very angular skin off yeah. inside of your mouth yeah. where this is you know more fine-grained and rounded um i yeah, I, I pair this a lot with barbecue like the barbecue sauce has a really good balance to it so this works really well. Barbecue sauce. So what anything. is Maryland barbecue sauce in the style? Like if you go, you got know, a, got a healthy dose of Old Bay. Right. <laughs> I was just, let's start with Old Bay. The, that's the base. <laughs> um, so actually, is it more vinegar based? I mean, do you guys have a, a barbecue sauce that you kind of identify with? Um, I don't think we do. Not like down south. You know, it's like. You, they have a specific right. barbecue. So we really don't. Uh, I do think that it's more of a, fl a flavor, sweet, tangy, but not um, maybe brown sugar or honey, something yeah. like that, yeah. but not specific like some of the states do. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Like some of those vinegar-based ones yes. and, or mustard-based ones right. and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, um, I don't think they do. Because this would go really good with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also chili. Um, it worked really well, really well with chili. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah with the tomato base. I wish more people made Cab Franc. Nice. 
Ah. Yeah, I mean, I love them. Uh, the one I drink is Imagery because Joey Benzinger t- turned me on to it. One of the very first wines I had with him. Huh. And they do a really nice job there. I don't know if that's a Phil farmed. I mean, not, I don't think so. But it probably comes from, I would, if I get, guess it. But if it's if it's grown by them, it's coming from Pine Mountain. Pine Mountain. Yeah, I mean that was uh, at the time. Well, at the time I was there, you know, some of it was uh, grown up uh, right behind Hannah Boyce Center. There was a little Cabernet Franc vineyard okay. there. Okay. Um, they used to get a little bit of, but but no, I think mainly it was Pine Mountain, um, kind of farther up north. Um, but you know, more and know, more people are putting that hundred percent Cab Franc. Repri does one. Yeah. Cayman does one that you can't like. You know, it sells out in a hmm. thirty seconds. You can't get. <laughs> uh, you can't get. I've, I've heard about it. I heard it's pretty good. Well, and uh, the and the other thing is, you know, for years Cabernet Franc was always one of the most expensive grape varieties to buy, um, just for the sheer amount that there was so little of it planted, mm-hmm. and, and and so that also um, people wouldn't. And it was always a blender. It wasn't right. by itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I have uh, fifty cases of. Oakville Ranch Cab Franc 2019 in bo- in bottle. Nice. Good. Yeah. I'll buy one. Well, I, I got to release it first. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't tasted it. Since, I haven't tasted it uh, since I tasted the sample. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, got just it. hide it from myself. Bring releases. Right. There for all those people that are like Oakville Ranch Grenache, and then they're like Oakville Ranch Cabernet Franc. Franc. <laughs> they didn't put it in the cab. Like you know, they didn't sell it for the cab. Yeah. Good for you, Sam. You have you show restraint. Uh, you know, or just get lucky. Right? <laughs> there's, there's something available, and you don't, you know, oh, Oakville Ranch Cap Franca, sure. Right, and you know, and, and you know a guy that can get it for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were talking about corks earlier, and the corks that we use are sugarcane. That's those. Um, we, next year we have them branded, uh, but this is just regular cork from the, the cork. Did you see that sugarcane? Oh, the sugarcane. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen one. Uh, yeah. no, Noma, Noma. There you go. Exactly. Noma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's um it's 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 pieces, it's ground cork, <laughs> right? It's ground cork and then mm-hmm. they use the sugar cane to um to make it a composite. Right? I think it's hundred percent sugar cane. It's hundred percent sugar cane. Oh yeah. yeah. It is. That's the one yeah. that uh, are, Hardy was using them. I know at least for a while on, on the is, you know, dirty and ratty back in the day. Cut out of the shaft? I think it's I believe re- so. I think it's like it's, it's, like a, it's a process. Okay, but I'm not. I have no idea. But well, you're right about Norvac. Um, yeah. they they make it. They're, they're pretty expensive. Well, it looks high quality. So the the reason why we decided to just try this is because we were thinking that it would hold the wine and let it age in the bottle without the interruption of um of cork corkage or right. Cor- right. Yeah. So, so being when, corked. Yeah. Yeah. So unless having less circumstances of things being corked. Yeah. So far, so good. Um, but yeah, when it's, you know, it's a recycled product and right. a little, you know, mm-hmm. philosophy of being a little easier on the environment. <laughs> right. Um, and if they, it's like a 30 year court or there's like different, it is, there's like, I think you can get them at different levels, you right? Can. You can get like a 10 year, 10 year, five year. Years, right. Yeah. And the, the higher you go, of course, the, the more expenses, <laughs> yeah. the more and more expensive it goes. But yeah, that's pretty interesting. We had a uh, thing that's more expensive. Kimberly took a picture of the uh, sign at the gas station today because she was so amazed at the How price of gases. Oh, oh my god! I was amazed. Huh? I kept talking about. It. I said, "What? I, that's can't. That can't be true. Why are Five dollars. So 
Well, gas is maybe $289, $290. If we get to $3, I'm a little upset. That's yeah. damn near half. Will you, John, will you bring some out next time you come? John's John just the classic face palm meme God. emoji. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've gotten to four, but we we not 425. That, yeah, that doesn't happen. DC is pretty more expensive than we are, but um, yeah. I don't even look anymore. You just got to like, you know. You don't need to. Close your eyes, put your credit card in. Right. I just think of Europe. You know, I've been right. dealing with that for years. Once they, it'll they'll take it back down in price, but it, now you'll buy it in liters instead of gallons. Right, exactly. And it's like, oh, it's only a buck and a half again. Right. Yeah. Cool. How much is a liter? <laughs> a quarter of a gallon, <laughs> if that is it. Um, so, Kimberly, what other uh, what are the other wines that are made in Maryland? Like right now, you have your rosé. Yeah, so rosé is made of Chamberson grapes. And the Chamberson grape, it grows like wild out in Maryland. So, but it, you know, it really has a bad name. Um, I have tasted some Chamberson reds that weren't like popular, but we make a Chamberson rosé. Is it a is it a North American native grape? Is it so it's not vinifera? It's not it, it's not a vinifera. Okay. Definitely not. Um, I think it's a French hybrid. French okay. hybrid, yeah, it's a French hybrid, but it grows really well. Um, just has a bad name, uh, Virginia. But makes good rosé. It just makes really good rosé. Yeah, I mean our rosé just whew, it it sold so quickly. So we did a 2019 rosé, and now we're doing a 2021. So uh, yep, we'll be doing that. We also have a uh, red blend that is Petit Verdot, Malbec, Merlot, and Cabernet Sauv. Um, that's only maybe two tons. So, I mean, I don't think we've gotten any more grapes um, than about two to three tons. That's it. So it's two, three tons with four or five varietals. Are you are you co-fermenting that? Are you getting bringing it in separate lots and fermenting it? How are you doing that? Good question. So it's, it's going to be non-vintage because what we had was crazy trouble in our mall back when we purchased it in 2020. It was really wet and it... It was that was the that real way. Yeah, it, it was. It, it really made me sad. So we we did put that we fermented and then we put it in barrel. So we waited and we taste and it just wasn't it wasn't doing much. So 2021 came, Petit Verdot came out. Someone said they had uh, a little bit of Merlot, and then someone else said, "Oh, we have Cabernet Sauvignon." I said, "Okay, let's just see what we're gonna do." We actually co-fermented in a barrel, a French oak barrel. So we fermented a French oak barrel. That process is so gorgeous because, well, it's not you fun. Push the cap. You gotta push. You gotta push it. Mm -hmm. Pop the cap. Push. Put it back. Do all this, and this is done every day. So, yeah, uh, a crazy process, but it turns out to be a really nice wine. Uh, so what we did was we blended all that together, and that became like a we can just we just named it with that. What do they TTB calls it? A fictional name. Fictitious name. Yeah, yes. fictitious name. TTB. Just love them. Right. <laughs> uh, You're closer to you know their headquarters <laughs> there in DC. Maybe you yeah. can have a little extra like pull no, or something. We don't. <laughs> we don't no, at all. We, we were joking that maybe they're too close. They're too close. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we right. don't have right. any extra. They anything. can show up. <laughs> they can. They can show up. The TTB. So so that's all blended together now and just in barrels uh, it's in barrels yeah. yeah so we'll be battling soon for that yep yeah yeah we'll be battling for that so the thing about what what i've done or what we've done is we, like i said we have an idea of what we want to do but what happens is once the harvest comes we get what we get right. and it's a vicious grape 
uh, growing cycle out there because it's not many vineyards. So we, we really, really need to up our vineyards out there in Maryland because the demand outweighs what we have. And um, what it, a great problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, <you> know, <laughs> because from a great grower standpoint, in order, it's a great problem. <laughs> right. Because in order to be a, um, a Maryland wine, in order for it to say Maryland on the back, um, it has to be a certain percentage. Right. And it's 51% right. juice. Right. Yeah. And then the rest can be from somewhere else. And there are places in Maryland who, you know, they use different juices and concentrate. We just don't. That was, it's one of my 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 big pet peeves if we do it's juice from virginia it's juice from new jersey and i'll mention that oh it has 10 percent such and such from jersey right. but it's all east coast that's definitely what we stuck to yeah good yeah. for you yeah that's cool it's been hard to do that but yeah i'm sure yeah so uh, yeah and so uh and the other thing you is you have a tasting room and, and so what is that kind of like is are there other tasting rooms in your area do do people you know come on weekends and and do tasting like they do out here in california is there a um i know that you're recently the president of the maryland wine wineries association, association yeah. is that right yeah i was voted oops i was voted as the president of the maryland wine association Shocked the heck out of me, but okay, I'll take it. It just means that they, they knew that you would do it. Right. <laughs> right. I had Says been... new board member of Sonoma Valley Vendors and Growers Association. <laughs> I had been the treasurer, and I was fine in my, my role, but um, I was voted in as president, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to go with it. I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to see what I can do, uh, especially with the legislative things and getting more um, getting more money for agriculture uh, we, yeah. we just need growers we need some growers um so that that's that's what i'll do yeah but we don't have a tasting room i did want to clear that up we don't okay. so uh our wine is made at the wine collective in baltimore city and it's a collective of other wineries share the same equipment the only thing we don't share is the barrels our oak barrels everybody has to buy their own um but the tanks and the equipment all that we share and it just helps someone like me get into the industry easier than waiting to get inheritance from someone or, <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> or, or my or my mom, you know, something like that to help out. Uh, so it's it's worked for since uh, 2019 or 2018. And um, we are hoping to move into our own vineyard, about 10 acres and, under vine and then a tasting room with that as well so that's the that's the near future so how, how many other brands are being produced in the wine collective where you're, where you're working uh, at it right now four or five about five so including myself about five wineries mm -hmm. yeah different wineries yeah so um, not so much that you're in each other's way and no not at all Every, everything's organized so a consultant john levenberg um is our wine consultant he manages all of that so when we bottle we all bottle together the cost is divvied out between all of us. Yeah. So this big machine comes in and bottles everybody at the same time. Um, same thing with fermenting. We take turns with those huge tanks. I was telling you Bart, about the tanks that are huge, the stainless steel tanks. Um, we, we, we share all of that equipment, which helps out oh, yeah. a the, small winery. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. it's but it's so new. Exist. It's right. new to the East Coast. They right. don't, they've never really heard of that. Yeah. And I don't think that the laws 
are ready for something like that. Interesting. What you guys hear, it's it's a norm. It's not a norm out there. I don't think the state of Maryland is ready. They're, they're still, it sounds like they're still trying to kind of weed through some of, you know, the rules are written a certain way and then what works practically. Right. And, and then even, you know, understanding that. And all it takes is for someone from one of those regulations to come in and put everybody back right. on their heels trying to figure right. out how to fix things. Some, one of the big, three distributors goes, no, we really like it this way. <laughs> right. And we're going to keep it that way. And here's a campaign contribution to make sure it stays that way. <laughs> Basically. Right. Yeah. We so. do um, direct to consumer just happened during COVID. Oh, wow. Before that it was, there was no wineries could not, they, it wasn't possible. But what we did was we, during COVID, it was either shut us down or keep us open and let us do this. Temporary order went in. And now we've been doing that since 2020. It's about to expire this December. So we're all trying to fight to have it stay. I mean, it worked. Right. Let's just keep it. Imagine that. Right. So, but what we're having is a fight with the restaurant industry. And I don't want to say fight because this is a podcast, but. It's okay. <laughs> uh, what's happening is that the restaurant industry, they don't want the wineries to have the option to do what they can do. So, um, so yeah, we, we, we're not taking their business. People are going to go and they're going to ask for whatever wines that they want. Right. Um, so that, let me get off my soapbox. This is a, this is a safe place <laughs> is, for you to talk about this. This is where you're supposed is, to be. This yeah. is what a so, where your soapbox yeah. is supposed to be, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we, as, as the president of the Maryland Wineries Association, <laughs> you should, I mean, and for real, like sending wine to people directly is not an existential crisis for or for like a restaurant. A, or for a restaurant or for you know a, a health hazard or oh the health you know hazard. and no there's not it's not the way that minors are getting their hands oh on alcohol like no no 15 year old is going to philosophywine.com and going got it i'd really like the viennese <laughs> right? i think you know that's like it's it's absurd it's absurd no but that's not you know and and, yeah. and and you know as far as the restaurants i mean I, you and i talked it's like you know those those restaurants need to be proud of the wines that are being made in maryland and 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 but that's something that you can work on yes. like you know mm -hmm. and and trying to incentivize them mm -hmm. to work with you guys and and be partners as opposed to you know fighting over something right um, yeah, so. but you're completely right about that because that was one of the things, well, children are, or underage 21 are going to order and they're going to pick up the wine. And I'm like, nobody wants a dry, acidic, you know, or right. a, tan a tannic red wine at 13 years old. Right. So, right. It's, it's <laughs> and you know, it, it affects all of us in the wine industry across the country, but you know, when it's your own state doing it to you. It's, you know, even more onerous. I mean, yeah, California's kind of figured out a long time ago that the wine industry is important to the economy here, and let's make it so that the wine, the wineries, big and small, can well get their wine to people, which is Sam, look how at, this works. Look at the cannabis market. Um, they're having trouble with the we cannabis market now because the growers, it's very onerous. Because legal taxes, weed sucks. Legal <laughs> weed's expensive because they're checking it for everybody and not... Not everybody has a really good connection that they trust. Right. Well, and That's you it. know, the way that they've set up the farming of it and the production of it is like a factory inside of a garden. And and to make it legal, you, you know, they they care more about 
um, you know, the paved road to your farm and and how many, you know, handicap accessible parking spots you have, Bingo. which is like, Bingo. not uh, you know, those, that, those things are important. Right. But that's not what makes a f- agricultural product better. Certainly not at this mm-hmm. point. And no, there aren't going to be any uh, old winery kind of cannabis places either. You know, I mean. Although isn't the Fetzer facility up in uh, Hopland is now a giant cannabis factory. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I was wrong. Anyway, you know, it's, it, there are these battles everywhere. Yeah. You know, in and every it, industry. It, it sounds like they will figure it out. Um, all you have to do is look at the last couple of years that have been a success. Mm-hmm. There's your argument, point blank. They'll yeah. do it. It's good. Yep. The Cap Bronx really nice. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it. Well, and it's just one of my favorite varietals, too. That's the nice thing. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, so um, you have a wine club? Uh, we don't how, have a how wine club. How do people get your wines? I mean, like, if we have a listener and they want to try your wines, can you ship to some places? Or is that, Marilyn, have you held up on that also? They do that. The laws of shipping are weird. Um, so they are state on my website. There's actually all the states that you can sh- that we okay. can ship to. Um, so feel free to go to philosophywinery.com. Um, yep. And you'll see um, the wines that we have available and then upcoming as well. Um, right now we do shipping if we can to that state. Other than that, delivery in Maryland, uh, which myself and my business partner, we drive. <laughs> We deliver. Yeah, well, That's called direct to the, yeah. the consumer, yeah. right? Hello, yeah. I'm the owner, <laughs> yeah. and I'm driving. But yeah, then we also do farmers markets, um, little pop ups, and we're at the Wine Collective uh, the first Tuesday and the third Tuesday of the month. That's when we, as my winery, is allotted time to use that space. Good. So it's an unlicensed space, and you bring your license right. to it. So yeah. we, we all do that, yeah. yeah. That works out really well because it's at a winery, and it's in Baltimore City. So it gives people the uh, accessibility to come to the winery and actually see the tanks. Even though they are not, like, with the tanks, you know, the, the area is here. But you can look over here and see a, a barrel that says Philosophy Winery. So that's pretty cool to have that there, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I like being a part of the the uh, the group down there, the Wine Collective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good good for you guys. Good for Thank you, guys. you. Well, this has been great. Thank you very much for coming on. Shout out to the Roots Fund. Yeah, let's, let's actually let's, let's talk about that. Let's yeah. talk about Roots Fund a little bit more and make sure that A, um how do, how you can donate to it uh, how did you get how did you find them how did you get involved in the first place okay yeah so the the roots fund with the the nonprofit organization um that helps minorities in the wine industry in every aspect of the wine industry please check out their website uh the rootsfund.com it's actually the rootsfund.org oh that, i'm sorry org that's yeah, right that's nonprofit right. that's right um also their instagram is phenomenal because it showcases Everything that the scholars are doing, we're called scholars and mentors. So everything that we're doing, um, and then, um, oh my gosh, they have people that are rooted in France, where you take an internship in France, and they pay for all of that. Uh, It's just such a great organization and opportunity. Uh, You can also go to their website and donate. So um, during Thanksgiving, we had Giving Tuesday, where we all kind of like talked about, we posted on our social media, giving to the Roots Fund, because that's basically how 
people like me get the scholarships to pay for the things that we do in the industry. So um, it, it's great. So yeah, I'll read a little blurb from their website. The Roots Fund was created to empower communities of color by providing resources and financial support through educational scholarships, wine education, mentorship, and job placement. The Roots Fund is committed to investing in communities of color to provide opportunities to those seeking career education in all aspects of wine. That's awesome. Um, so check it out. Uh, yeah, the, the, the board of directors is, boy, I can't pronounce her name. Do you know how to pronounce her name? Yeah. Uh, Miss Du Bois, I, for lack of pronouncing it wrong. Um, Du Bois? Du Bois, sorry. Yeah. See, maybe you should be reading this. Carlton McCoy Jr. Um, Who's like the CEO of some important stuff in Napa. <laughs> He's the recently Carlton's become the managing partner of Lawrence Estates, which is Heights. Right. Um, and yeah. and Stony Hill. And Stone and Stone Hill Stony Hill. Um uh Jeremy Sayes from uh Domaine du Jacques in Burgundy. Um so those are the three main ding. um yeah yeah <laughs> ding ding ding. Um so yeah you know um uh, they're also associated with rooted in Lodi, rooted in France, yes. um, Vino Parad La Cultura, and Southern Smoke Step. So, anyway, shout out to the Roots Fund. We'd love to have you on the podcast if you're listening, and uh, let you come tell us all about it, well, all I, about you. I believe that Carlton McCoy is, um, I don't know, if married or romantically connected i believe i'm not stepping on my toe as <laughs> we have her on the show soon uh with maya dalavale oh okay there you um, go. Okay. so we'll uh we'll, we'll learn more we'll we'll you know continue to see if we can if we're cool enough to talk to people in napa on our show <laughs> <laughs> or if i just fucking ruined it <laughs> i don't know after after last week i mean that's pretty, pretty i know good. that was that was uh those those wines were fantastic. Yeah, I, not, I enjoyed that. Not to immensely. be surprised if it's you know when the hype lives up to the when the wine lives up to the hype, you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, um, well, that's great. Yeah, congratulations on on absolutely you know, digging in on this and and um, early success in the bottle. Thank you for I, sure. I appreciate um, that. You know, it's a it's a one year at a time steep learning curve, and we all keep slipping down the hill. So. <laughs> Welcome, right. to, yeah. welcome to welcome the, to the hill. Welcome to reality. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. Well, yeah. hey, we're just glad you could make it, and I'm glad you got a good mentor. Yes. Yeah, uh, I've learned a lot from Bart myself. So nice. And just if nothing, we just make it up as we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, if, if nothing, you know, uh, if if going to Monterosso doesn't inspire you to want to oh, be in yeah. this business yeah. or stay My in this goodness. business or just right. drink more wine. Um, then you know you're doing something wrong because it is just you know it's the one of the crown jewels of the of the world right. as far as vineyards go. Yeah, um, you started at the top there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she's got she's got a little more time here in Sonoma Valley, and um, what's next? We've given her the list of places to right. go to check out. Um, uh, Chris Cottrell uh, over at Bedrock has has offered to host her at a tasting there, so we're going to set oh, that up and. Just kind of gave her the list yeah. around the plaza, you know. This is gonna wow her with caviar and potato chips, and we're all gonna look like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, love you, Chris. If if uh, you're doing something that if you're not doing anything at six fifteen, why don't you meet my wife and I for her birthday dinner? Yours was yesterday. Uh, let me buy a glass of wine over at the Girl in the Fig. We're gonna oh, be wow. we're gonna be there. So to. Uh, if you want to, please just I'll give you okay. my phone and all that. And yeah, yeah. Die, and, die and, that up. And and John's wife is a is a power um, a power business person in, in her, non in nonprofit in nonprofit for women. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. it works well. Yeah, it would be. She'd love to talk to you. Yeah, right. yeah, well, it's great. That's wonderful. Really, the good mentor is finding other smarter people for you to talk to. Hundred percent. I mean, don't totally here. You know, a, I, here's Joan. Right. Um, I mean, I I I, tr I I explained to Kimberly why I thought it was important for her to meet Brene, and 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 to Brene why I thought you know the two right. of them, and it's mm -hmm. like you know you have someone a very small winery from a. Um, a very small winery from a, an unknown grape growing area. And then you have a woman who's works for one of the most prestigious properties in California for the largest grape growing winery in, on the planet. On the planet. Right. Yeah. And, and man, there must be something there to be shared and learned yeah. from each yeah. of you. Um, you know, and, and yeah, so I think it's great. Yeah. It's great. Inspiration. Movement yeah. Right. Yes. And, 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 you know, part of the thing for me with the roots fund, one last little thing I'll say is that, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and um, I've worked with a whole bunch of lat guys, Latino guys in the business. Um, and I know that I was provided opportunities that I got because I was a white guy and because I spoke perfect English and could do things. And I worked with a lot it's of guys. Perfect is maybe. Okay. It, but <laughs> Did I say perfect English? <laughs> That I because I understood English. No, but, but what I'm trying to say is yeah. that you know there are guys that I've worked with that had every bit of the work ethic, much better work ethic than me, and could do things. But they got overlooked because it was easier to talk to me than it was to talk to them. Right. And um, so for me, this is a little way to kind of you know help push that along. Yay! Hundred yeah. percent. Anyway. Right on. All right. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We will see you next week. As usual, peace and love.